This is a Salt Hill Media original podcast. Hello, welcome to the Ireland podcast. This is Fender Jackson. I am thrilled to announce that this week's guest is Sharon Shannon. It would be fair to say that Sharon's music has been in our car or in our home since I was a teenager. And, well, she's been a name that most people recognise in their homes on the island of Ireland for many decades. In fact, my father even tells me that he saw her perform at a time whenever she was not even 10 years old yet. In this conversation, we cover a vast range of topics, and she talks at length about her love of animals. I could have made this shorter and cut a bit of that out, but no, I'm not going to do that. Why not? Because to understand Sharon Shannon is to understand her love of animals and vice versa. You can't have one understanding without the other. This is really only half of the interview. The other half will be available on the Galway podcast tomorrow. So I think that half of the conversation might be more of interest to people who know and love Galway or those diehard fans of Sharon. In any case, you can hear it tomorrow. Let's cut to the chase. Okay, band, wrap it up. Hello. Hello, Fender. How are you? I'm great. Who are you and what do you do? (laughs) My name is Sharon Shannon and I play music, um, traditional Irish music. Uh, That's what I do, yeah. yeah. So, um, first of all, no, thank you for coming in because this is um, total pleasure. For a person who's known you, like, the majority of my life, absolutely, you know, um, it's a great pleasure and an honour to have you here today. So thank you for coming and making it Thank time. you, Fender. Thanks for the uh, invite. It's uh, great to be here. <laughs> so um, I've been reaching out to other people and getting questions off them and I've bunched those questions into categories. I've written those into pieces of paper and put them in a box. So I'd like you to choose okay. from the box. Yeah. The, what should we call it? The magic box? Okay. <laughs> As opposed to the music box. Okay. <laughs> there you go. All right. It's high tech stuff. One at a time. Okay. okay. Like, I, you can read it out. Animals. Oh, straight to the kill. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> animals. Right. What number is that, Sharon? Number six. Number six. Perfect. Okay. This is from Susan O'Neill. Ah, thank you, Susan. (laughs) When did you get into caring for so many animals? When did you begin to have an interest in the organizations that make it their business to rescue them? And you are an angel to so many souls and you're a wonder to know. I'll go back to the very start, um, which is I, I grew up on a farm in County Clare. So we, we always had, we were surrounded by animals and we always had dogs and cats and, and um, horses and sheep and cattle. What else am I leaving out? Chickens. We had chickens, yes. Um, ducks? N- no, we didn't have ducks. We had geese Yeah. as well. And, and then the, there was wild swans. Um, used to used to come and um, spend time in a turlock across the road from the house as well. So we had them every year as well. But no, we didn't make friends with the swans. We were we were nice to them, but they weren't they weren't pets or anything. Mm-hmm. But oh, I I was 
obsessed with the animals, always loved um, being with the animals. I preferred to be outside with the animals all the time. And uh, uh, for me, it's not just what they call companion animals, which is pets like cats and dogs and horses. Um, I, I love them all the same. I love the, the cattle and the, the sheep. And, and, and uh, you know, they're, they're amazing animals. And yeah. your father was a farmer. Yes. Mm-hmm. So inevitably, the time comes where the animals must be outsourced to their next uh, part of their lives. So uh, how do you deal with that or how do you, uh, what was the process there in your house? Um, well, we didn't, we didn't really, um, it wasn't really spoken about. It was kind of shoved under the carpet. But you're aware. Kind of thing. Yeah. Ish. And, and, yeah, how, yeah. and how did you deal with it? Um, or it, it, I found it very upsetting, Did really you, upsetting. But do you recognise that this was the necessary means by which you made your income as a family? Um, I suppose I did. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how that's what farmers do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you had to. Um, that's what the whole everyone in the world does. I think. I think everyone, probably most people, most children, are. You know, very concerned about animals, but it gets kind of society makes you um, block it out. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the all the stuff, all the the, the horrificness that happens to the animals. Yeah, yeah. And um, so you had? Did you have pets as well? Well, yeah, p- uh, dogs and cats. Uh-huh. And sometimes we had pet lambs and we had goats as well. I forgot to tell you, we, we had goats and we used to have the pet pet goat. Oh, the pets, the goats were really, really very, very cute as well. But then uh, the but lambs would grow up and they'd have to go. Mm. Yeah. We we had a farmer uh, uncle. Uh, we have a farmer uncle, uh, my uncle Charlie, and he would give us the sick animals, <laughs> the dying lambs, and we would nurse them back to, oh, really? we'd put them in the tea chest on the, in the bottom toilet. And yeah. <laughs> feed them a bottle and yeah. get them back to life. And they're so cute. Yeah, yeah. the little tails waggle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's where they, they, you know the way they say uh, two shakes of a lamb, lamb's tail. A yeah. lamb, when the lamb is shaking his tail when he's drinking the bottle. The, 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 yeah. I say most people wouldn't know this if, if you've never fed a pet lamb. Yeah. Their tail goes 90 miles an hour, way faster than a dog's tail. Yeah. They're so happy when they're drinking their, their little bottle. Maybe that was inspiration for you to learning to play your music so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, I told Susan, Susan, by the way, anybody who's listening who doesn't know who Susan O'Neill is, she's an amazing, amazing singer. Oh, beautiful. Absolutely fantastic voice. Uh, really, really great, great singer and songwriter. Susan, and a great musician as well. Yeah, yeah. Multi-instrumentalist. I told her that um, you spoke fondly of meeting her uh, recently up in Belfast. Yes, yes. Did you interview Susan? Not yet. Okay. She's on, She. it should have happened, but um, the, the SARS didn't align, but it's going to happen mm-hmm. in December, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Maybe get you in together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she said uh, about her night in Belfast with you. Um, yes, it was such fun to join her for a song or two in Belfast. She's always beaming from any stage she's on, always inspiring. Sharon is made up, made up of the essence of music. It was great to hear the new music that she's created. It is stunning. Watching it flow out of her like a true pro is pure joy. Oh, Susan, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, well, I would say the exact same about you, Susan. Uh, 
really like you're like a, a beam of light when you walk into any room and when you Sheenie, when you sing it's just something else <laughs> here here <laughs> okay so second question from animals is from Frank Fahey Frank Fahey not the politician is a writer from right on yes <laughs> um, I've interviewed him in the past and he says Sharon I know that you're interested and fond of dogs. At one stage, you had five canines with you. How do you manage to care for your dogs when you are touring? I ask this because I have one black lab called Kalyan, and she's so energetic that she takes up a huge proportion of my time every day. Yeah. So what happens whenever you're on tour? Same here. They take up an awful lot of my time, really. It's it's like a full-time job looking after the animals. Um uh, but I do have someone else living in the house who take care, takes care of the animals when I'm away. And he gives me a hand when I'm around as well, because it's just a, it's it's a massive job for one person. Yeah, yeah. And I have 10 cats as well. God, I was going to ask you yeah. that. So f- four or five dogs? Four, four, four dogs now. The, yeah, yeah. I, one died about seven or eight weeks ago. Um, the oldest one, Sammy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had eight up to... Um, 2018 and then the, the, they're, they're all getting old now so mm-hmm. um, one by like there's only four left now mm. yeah and, and then um, one of them the youngest one is eight and the other three are all over 12 they're all 12 13-ish or something like that so they're mm-hmm. all getting on <laughs> but anyway thank god I have help yeah and what about um, are they all toilet trained yes they are well there's one fella called Fonzie uh, I don't know if you met Fonzie. He's the little um, blondie, uh, little white palm kind of a fella. A friend of mine got him in the pound. He'd been in the pound for a month. And um, he realised that he was a psycho dog and he couldn't bring him home to his kids. So um, I said, oh, Jesus, bring him down to here to me. I'll Because um, he was talking about bringing him back to the pound and I was afraid he might get put down. So oh. I said, bring him back here. And, and um, so I had to take on psycho dog and um, <laughs> he does do his business in the house sometimes if he's there you know if he's there too long mm-hmm. if they're there yeah. too long by themselves and, um, and you're vegan yeah so yeah. is do you not wear leather for example I don't no no because um, well I yeah. uh, when I decided to to um, go vegan first I had loads of really nice um shoes and everything and it, it took me a while to you know I stopped wearing the leather but I still liked looking at my nice <laughs> leather shoes <laughs> so it took me a few years before I could um, um, eventually give them away but so then I decided to give them to the Madra shop so oh, okay. uh, uh, so they did uh, make money for, for some animal rescue in the end so you're window shopping in your own home yeah, I was just admiring them every day. Because <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a shoeaholic. I love shoes. And I, yeah. um, I have several pairs of shoes. <laughs> Me too, yeah. yeah I have must you? confess, yeah. <laughs> From Henry, how do you control so many dogs whenever you're out walking? Well, okay, Henry, how do I control them? Yeah. They're very easy to control. They don't, they're just really good. But you've got, well, I think whenever he was asking this question, in his mind he had... He saw you with five. So how do you control four or five dogs? Well, most of the time I only... Well, before Sammy died, I would take three out. Mm. And uh, Gregorio that lives in the house with me, he take he would take the other two. Mm. But now, since Sammy died, and um, 
Gregorio was away the last three weeks, so I um, I took the four out with me, and ah, they're very good. They're great. Mm-hmm. All they want to do is play ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're happy if I throw the ball for half an hour. And that's usually what I do. And um, I throw the one ball one direction for one of them. And while one of them has gone off that way, um, I throw another ball off the other way. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's another dog. that We'll say there's four of them all together at the moment. So Foxy will go, just she goes off and does her own thing. She's always trying to find food. Yeah. And um, off she goes. And um, But she never strays too far. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Everyone knows Foxy and Salt Hill. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I always know where she is. Yeah. Even if she goes out of my view, I, I, I know where to look for her. Yeah. And um, um, we'll be up around near, you know, the little um, coffee hut in on on the beach. You know, the little um, the oh, beach yeah. hut. The wee red one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah around there. Or, or I go down to the Cladda as well. And I would take them out to Barna Woods or Rushing Bay or... Yeah. Yeah, there's loads of different places I can bring them, mm-hmm. or along by the river. So you, yeah. it sounds like you've bandwidth to control more than uh, three dogs as well. Say that again. You can more capability to control more than three dogs. Oh God, I used to bring eight, eight, eight of them out at one stage. Yeah. How did you do? How do you manage that then? Just throw the ball for them. Right. They're happy. Yeah. Wow. I used to. When I had that many of them, I'd bring them. Just bring them to, to places that um, they can run about. They're not going to meet other dogs or other people yeah, yeah. Um, I'd often bring them out to the bog in, in um, Berna as yeah. well when I when, I, when the when the time you know if Gregorio was away or something I end up having to take them all out yeah. um, I'd bring them out to Berna to the bob bog mm-hmm. <laughs> not the bob the bog I realise we didn't ask uh, answer that other question from Susan which was when did you begin to have an interest in organisations that make yes. their business to rescue yeah yeah, I knew it, I knew there was some questions I'd, I um, forgot to answer. Um, uh, years ago, I was asked to take part in. Um, no, no, no. First of all, when I came to Galway first, it was 1988. A few years later, I'm not sure exactly how many years later it was. Probably around this, t- the fairly soon after Madra. Um, started up. So for the for anyone that doesn't know what Madra is, Madra is the Galway-based um, dog rescue organisation, and they're they're based out in Connemara, and M A D R A. Madra is the Irish word for dog, and uh, but they have it. It, it also stands for Mutz Anonymous Dog Rescue and Adoption. Mm. So, yeah, but fairly soon after I came to Galway, um, Marina Fiddler, the, uh, the lady that, 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 that founded the organisation, got in touch and asked me, would, would I like to be um, the, um, what's the word, patron or ambassador or whatever the, mm. the word is to kind of help them to um, bring attention to the organisation and, and help with, um, just lend my name to it and, and be at fundraisers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you're happy to do that? Oh my God, absolutely, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good on Yeah, you. very proud of them. They're amazing, really fantastic organisation. Mm. Um, they've rescued thousands and thousands and thousands of animals over the years and uh, they do a really, really good job. Like they um, t- take the dogs um, from the pounds in Galway City and Galway County and in Mayo as well and um, 
I'm not sure where else, but that's a lot anyway. Yeah, yeah. And um, Especially post-COVID, because I know that a lot of people got the dogs during COVID and then realised they didn't have the skills or the time mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. to, or space to look after them. And now they're going back to the pound Giving a lot them of back. them. back, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time as well, they, they might find um, dogs that have been dumped or mm. um, unwanted puppies. And, yeah. and, and a lot of the time... Or dogs that have been neglected um, haven't had the the, the 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 veterinary care that they they needed, and yeah. you have to spend a lot of a lot of money right. on some dogs. So it's it's all very expensive as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they they spay and neuter every mm-hmm. animal that goes through the place as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they teach them as well. They give them um, agility classes and everything as well. So they all come out like circus dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should mm-hmm. go to the magic box? Okay, another one. Yeah, was it right? Did I leave any out? No, no, any questions? Was I was, was aware that I no, no, was a few that I didn't answer. I like your earlier one. I like your attention to detail, actually. <laughs> what have you got? One number. It says the why. The why. W H Y. What number? It's is number that? two. Number two. The why. Okay. Got my notes here. Right. The why. Why do you make music? That's from Dave. What does it achieve? And is there any place in the world anymore for new ideas in music? Oh, God. <laughs> I'd say that music is always going to be, there's always going to be new music made. Um, I, I can't, I couldn't imagine how there wouldn't be because I've, it, people that write music, are, they're always writing new music. It's, you know, it's always... For me, anyway, there's always tunes going around in my head, new tunes. Um, and why? Um, well, I suppose it's obviously I love music, uh, as you do. I know you do. Um, but music was always in my house growing up and it's just a, a normal, normal thing for me to have music going around in my head all the time so there's no really there's no answer I don't know how I can answer that question I know it's almost like uh, why do you walk the way you walk you know it's it's whenever music is such a part of your life it's it'd be difficult to um for example, talking a different voice you know, altogether. You know, yeah. have you ever tried to sustain an accent for an afternoon? It's, it's oh, I impossible. I can't do accents <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah. It, like, but it's it's. I suppose what you're saying is it just comes natural. Yeah. And um, yeah. If you weren't a musician, what would you be? I'd say I'd be working with animals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Definitely. That's great. Yeah, probably horses. You were a horse rider. Yeah. 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 Um, we, uh, I used to do, and, and my sister Mary as well, my younger sister, we used to do competitive show jumping. Yes. So my, my father had um, really, really nice Connemara ponies and uh, we used to train them. And um, so, yeah, we did loads of, loads of show jumping and it was, it was fantastic. I loved it and I loved the, the horses. Do you still ride? No. Why no, not? No, no. Uh, well, um, to... To be part of the competitive show jumping in, in, in ponies, you have to be under 16. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have um, horses. We didn't get, my father didn't really have, have any big horses. Mm-hmm. Well, he did have, he did have big horses, but they weren't suitable. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. for jumping. Mm-hmm. Um, he had uh, ones that are called Irish draft mares, and he used to breed them. And um, but they 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 weren't really suitable for jumping at all. They were very heavy, um, big, clunky. Mm-hmm. Horses, <laughs> uh, but the, the ponies were fantastic. And by the time I was sixteen, as well, um, you know, I was left school by seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, and left home. Yeah. Uh, so if you're not like my father, the the horses to him were a hobby, really, and 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 he had the land. But if you know, if you're left home, a young seventeen-year-old. Uh, to try and own a horse is too expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so it just had, it, it, it just was something that I, I couldn't do anymore. Um, it was it was part of my life that kind of stopped very suddenly on my 16th birthday. <laughs> yeah, and um, I was away. And when I came home, I was away on tour or something. I forget what I was doing. I, I was away. Might have been one of those coldest tours or something that I did, but my, the, the ponies were sold when I got back. Oh. Yeah. Are we told? I can't remember the details, but yeah. I, I can see it's a bit of raw still. <laughs> Let's move on. Magic mm-hmm. box time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that that was a, a very a very passionate about the the horses and the animals, but um, the horses thing finished very suddenly. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I really really missed it oh. for a good while. Mm. Yeah, I still do. Um, the self. The self. The self. It's number three. Yes. Are you? This is from Breed Kenny Music on Spotify. She writes her own music. Are you the person you always thought you'd be? Am I the person that I always thought I'd be? It's very conceptual, I know. Um. Put yourself back to that. Kids. When I was a kid, no, I had no idea that I would be like this. Okay, that's good too. Whenever yeah. you're 19 years old in Doolin, um, 17 or whatever it is. I I loved what I loved about Doolin uh, when I lived there, and the same about Galway was um, playing every night, and I looked forward to those sessions. Every day I'd, I'd, I'd and really look forward and sometimes I'd prepare a bit and learn some new tunes or whatever. And I loved having the day free, every day free to do, just to be completely free. And there was no stress. Um, and the same when I came to Galway first. But all the touring, it's a different life. And um, so I hadn't, it wasn't really what I planned was to, to, ha, ha, to be doing all this touring all my life because I'm not I'm a home bird I, lo- I love being at home um, what's the longest spell that you're away for um, I'd say the the longest I think we did a six week tour a five or six week tour at one stage and then I went straight from that on to another tour um, with Nancy Griffith for another two weeks or something mm-hmm. after that so it was no no home at all so I was going home gone for, gone for two months or something mm-hmm. yeah and you're ready to Bed down after that. When I came home after that. Yeah, so you're just ready to hit the ba- hit the hay and yeah. sleep for about yeah, two yeah. weeks. <laughs> but I really miss Galway when I'm away. Mm-hmm. Even though I like, I love the gigging and and I I love meeting um, you know, 
when we when we were away gigging and we meet such such lovely people and you know meeting the audiences and everything they're all so enthusiastic and um really 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 sound and the people that I travel with as well we always have great fun mm-hmm. uh it's so there's nothing wrong with it it's just that it's even better when I'm at home <laughs> <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> What is self-care for you? Self-care. So how do you... I'm not thinking about moisturizing. I'm thinking about mentally. How, how do you reset yourself? You, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be the animals. Yeah, they're great. They're very grounding. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I remember our pub, my publicist, Catherine, saying to me, she said it to me several times, when when we're um, when we you, the lock, during lockdown, mm-hmm. um, she she's always saying, "Oh, you seem to have come into your own. You're a new person, and you're, you know, you've really come out of yourself, and you've you're a lot more confident, and you're this and you're that and the other thing." And um, as far as I was concerned, that's just what people saw. I suppose I was online. A lot more doing live Facebook stuff, and, and so and, you were in Galway the whole time. I was at home hmm. the whole time, and that's me when I'm relaxed. When hmm. I'm at home, I'm relaxed. If I have loads of free time and no traveling, I am very relaxed. Did you uh, enjoy the lockdown? I loved it. <laughs> I loved being at home. Uh-huh. So, and I think that's what she saw. She's always she's saying you're you're so you've 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 changed a lot and I think she saw what she thought was a different me but what she saw was the real me yeah and um, she she didn't but for years and years um, before that what she saw was the me that's when I'm on tour and I just I suppose a bit I'm, I'm I get very stressed when I have to get ready to go away on tour and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that was like a decades long reset for you, the, yeah, the, the COVID yeah, lockdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like when I came to Galway first or when I was living in Doolin, just free every mm. day and not having to travel or think about being on time to go. I'm, I, I get very stressed trying to get myself ready to go somewhere as well and to not be late and mm-hmm. I'm often late and that and then I beat myself up about that and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Are you naturally yeah. outgoing? Are you are, are you naturally introverted? Um I was very shy um as a kid. We were we were brought up in the country and uh, as you know and um I remember when pe- people used to come in visiting with myself and uh, my sister Mary, we'd hi- hide under the table. And I remember look, just being so small, just not being just able to see people's legs. And um, just I remember what the top of the table, the, the underneath of the mm. table looked like and stuff like that. And mm. <laughs> we used to just hide. We were really, really shy. So what happened? What the, how did that change? Or did it change? Are you still shy? Um... Well, I would never have considered myself a natural um, performer. I just had to learn how to do it because that's what I ended up doing for a living. Uh, whereas when, when I was just playing the gigs, 
the, the, the sessions in the pubs. Um, you didn't have to talk to the audience and, and uh, you just played a few tunes and but you didn't have to put on a show mm. as such. But um, when you're on stage, it's a whole different kettle of fish and, and I had to um, learn how to do all that. And do you write like a script before to happen between songs? Uh, how does that, or do you just say, do you have a rough idea and, and just blurt it out as you are um, on stage? Well, at first, when, when I start playing on stage first, all I'd, all I'd say would be the name of the next tune, uh-huh. if I knew the name. Uh-huh. But bit by bit, you'd get a bit more confident. Yeah. And meeting the people as well, pe- meeting the people. When you see all the lovely faces looking at you in the, in the audience and they're all smiling and they're all really enthusiastic. And, and especially when you get to meet them after the, the shows and everything, you, you realise they're all rooting for you and they all want you. To, you know, no one is really judging you. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so it, 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 you know, it's just something that over the years I got, gradually got a bit better, a bit, a bit by bit by bit by bit, a bit more confident about having to speak in public like that. But it's not really something that still that I, I feel that I'm great at. Do you, do you remember that night we were in Monroe's? Yeah. It was for Seamus's... Um, leaving party mm-hmm. and um that's the closest i got to experience in your life i think in public which was people were coming to you and they were full of respect and admiration and that was extended to your f- circle of friends one of which thankfully was me for that day mm-hmm. and it was really amazing to see these strangers who i would bump into in galway periodically mm-hmm. you know I, I didn't know any of them so these were all mm-hmm. new people but had I have met him a different day, it would have been, oh, hi, you know, nice to meet you. Whereas this was really respectful, you know, and... Um, yeah, people are lovely. They're so, yeah. you know, I'm so lucky that, you know, I've all, always, most of the time, meet really, really, really nice people. Well, do you know what, do you know the phrase that came to my mind? It was, it was almost like there was magic sprinkled on that day. And for me to experience that on one day... You know, versus you over Well, it a was career. a particularly good one. It was, <laughs> it a, good was one. a great day. It was a great day. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It was a good great crack. crack. <laughs> yeah, really, really good crack. It's lovely, it's lovely uh, to, to have shared that experience with you and mm-hmm. um, to, have seen, to have seen that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it was a particularly good day for me as well. Like, have been out with um, old friends like that, you know. Yeah, it was just, yeah. like you said, it was magic. It was yeah. great. Here is another one, picking out another uh, question. The creative process. The creative process. JohnDevlin.net is a good friend of mine, John Devlin. Do you still use the same accordion on stage you learned to play on? I don't. No, I don't even have it. Oh. Yeah. Um, What happened? I don't know where it is. I think it got given away or sold or something. Um, when because did it was you the, part ways? Um, it was a, a little, a, a honer. Um, I think I was 11 when okay. I got my first accordion. Uh-huh. Um, we were in a, in a music class in Corofin and um, all the other accordion players had a C sharp, had a BC accordion. Mm-hmm. And the one I had was C sharp D. Mm-hmm. But our fiddle, our, our, our music teacher was a fiddle player. And he didn't know that my accordion was different. Mm-hmm. And 
it was a different key. Mm-hmm. It, it just didn't, when, when we were all trying to play it together, I would have had to use a different system than mm-hmm. the others if mm-hmm. I was to play the same notes as them. Yeah. Um, but I was trying to do what I was told by the teacher. Mm-hmm. So it was completely different. What I was playing with the others, it was not working at all. Yeah. So, um, but it was just a different key. There was nothing wrong with the box. Yeah. Uh, so they ended up getting me another one anyway. And so they and sold the other one. I can't remember what happened to it. Mm, yeah. End, so end. I presume it got given back to the shop. Oh. Yeah. Did you write your name on it or anything? No. Yeah. So no. it would be hard to track. Oh, that's long gone, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Dacastrums.com, he asks, what music inspires you currently? Still the same as ever, I think. Um, very, very influenced by uh, fiddle player Tommy People from, Peoples from Donegal. And um, all that music that I grew up listening to is still a huge inspiration for me. Um, the Day and music and Stockton Swing and Matt Malloy, Tommy Peoples and... Donald Looney and the Bothy Band and all that, like Donegal Fiddlers and uh, that's very, what very, is it about much, very exciting for me still, all that music. How do Donegal Fiddlers differ from Kerry Fiddlers, sorry, Claire Fiddlers? Well, um, there is a different technique. D- different style, yeah. Hmm. Um well, I suppose I got interested in Donegal fiddling through Tommy Peoples mm-hmm. and he was living in Clare. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I got to hear all those tunes that, that, that he brought. And how would you describe the difference? Is it left hand or right hand or um, both? Um, and don't, Tommy Peoples didn't necessarily have a Donegal style either. Right. Um, but maybe I got more into listening to the Donegal fiddle playing as well through through Alton mm-hmm. as well when I got to know Alton when I was what age would I have been 16, 17, 18 and um, used to go up to the um, the, the, the Donegal um, the, the fiddle um, Clem Cullum Keel the, the, the fiddle music weeks that mm-hmm. used to happen up in Donegal mm-hmm. uh, I went up to a good few of them and just fascinated by the Donegal style it's just really wild mm-hmm. very it's like what like what we were describing earlier on the mad um the river in yeah. Donegal in in, in Galway it's just m- m- wildness my, my father goes to Lengon Kill to learn Gaelic he goes to Gaeltic there yeah. yeah um here's a question for me which is do you ever play with a click track or do you always record live in oh, the studio a bit of both oh okay yeah yeah and why would you choose to play with a click track as opposed to playing live just for overdubs and so on uh, yeah it makes overdubs really simple or, or any other kind of stuff that you're going to do or fixes or anything make the, the, the click track is really handy mm-hmm. yeah but some, we, we'd often you know just play live as well and would you what's, what, or sometimes you might turn off the click halfway through Oh, okay. Then let it run away. And more often than not, it'll get faster once you uh-huh. turn off the click. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Which musicians, dead and alive, do you wish you recorded with? Two different people. It's similar to a question that I had often get asked, which is, who have you, who would you like to record with or collaborated with? that you haven't yet mm. collaborated yeah. with. And I never really know how to answer it because... Okay, well, yeah. uh, whenever yeah. whenever I get this bounce back, what I'm thinking is right now in your head. 
So it's a bit like, you know, what's your favorite song? Don't have one. What's your favorite song right now in your head? Then you can pick one. Mm-hmm. So who, what would it be for you right now in your head? Well, the, my favorite musicians aren't necessarily people that I think that I would... Um, be comfortable, necessarily comfortable playing with. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like the way, if you meet someone really famous, mm-hmm. you don't feel relaxed in their company or, you know, you're a little bit nervous or, or um, um, what's the word? Starstruck or, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime, any collaborations that I ever did were all with people that I knew already mm-hmm. and already had a friendship with um, so, um, as regards, so the relationship needs to be there as a friend in terms of friendship before you can entertain the thought of recording in a meaningful way. For me, it's a, it it it, it have to be more natural. It have to happen naturally. Yes. But I wouldn't say no if, if you <laughs> know Richards. some amazing musician asked me to play with them. But I would be really. Um, I wouldn't be comfortable. Yes, I I wouldn't you know. Starstruck is the word, like you know, yeah. so I wouldn't feel. Um, it's a bit. It's a bit like trying out a piece of equipment in a music shop. You feel, oh my god, people are judging me, or whatever. Yeah, or uh, people looking yeah. at you, or, or I feel. Um, you know, I suppose it happens. To everyone when you meet someone famous, you just don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay, two more. Oh, which one do you want? This one, okay. okay. The career. The career. Well, it's number four. Number four. At what point, this is from Bam, the artiste. Yeah. At what point did you realise that you're going to be making music as a full-time job? When I started playing in Doolin. <laughs> <laughs> Even though my, my, my mother was putting me under massive pressure to get a proper job. Yeah. But, and you uh, dropped out of university this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there was mas- massive pressure, pressure from home, but when I was playing in Doolin and all the people that I was playing with in Doolin, they were saying, that, well, they were all a bit older than me. Uh-huh. And they were saying, well, this is what we do. So if we can do it, you can do it. So Were uh, you making money in Doolin then? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Enough yeah. to sustain yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Well, I didn't have much expenses in Doolin at the time. I was staying with a friend and it's only now that it, 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 I, I, I realise, oh my God, I didn't help the friend with them. You know, when you're that young, yeah. you don't think about bills or anything yeah, like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Lorcan asks, what are your top three favourite performances? And again, let's, let's focus on In Your Head right now. Um, it, it would have to be as regards performances that you've done that I've done yeah but it would have to be I, I, for me um, to answer a question like that the way the only way I could think to answer it would be what were the, my favourite gigs so mm-hmm. it's not just the performance then it, it's the whole thing the vibe with the audience and mm-hmm. yeah. um, so um, events yeah the whole event mm-hmm. I don't have <laughs> I still don't have a right answer though because it could be a small gig or it could be a big one. Uh-huh. Um, off the top of my head, I, I honestly 
can't single out any. Um, and sometimes you come off. It, it often happens and come off and go, oh, my God, that was the most amazing gig that we've ever done. Uh-huh. But off the top of my head, I can't remember what they are or where they were. Or, yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, I've had loads of gigs like that where you feel, oh, my God, everything was just perfect. And how often does that happen a year, roughly? Um, once or twice a year. Okay. Yeah, they wouldn't, you know, when, when, when Flawless. everything is just, you go, oh my gosh, that's probably the most amazing show that we've ever had. Not just because we're going, oh, we're, uh, we're great, we played great, but mm. it should be everything great, audience, great place, everything, you know. Sound check, yeah. all the rest. Yeah. 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 So, there, yeah, there are several of them. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be able to narrow that down. Here's a question from my father. Okay. <laughs> have you have you been afraid of megastardom? Afraid of it? Yeah. He reckons you could you could have been much bigger than you actually are. Would I be afraid of it? No. <laughs> Not a bit. <laughs> so there's no barrier for you to attain this because he was asking me this question. I was talking to him last night, and he said, "You know, I think she could have been bigger." I says. Daddy, that's not cool because, she, you know, I could be insulting the lady by asking this question. No, yeah. no, no, it's not. I don't feel insulted at all. But no, I wouldn't be afraid of it mm-hmm. at all. Um, do you think you've realised your potential in terms of how big you are? Or do you think you could have been bigger and there's something stopping you? Um, if so, what was that? Um, well, I do feel I'm not really cut out for public spe- any kind of public speaking or... Um, for example, we did, um, I, I took part in a, a TV documentary that was being done about Seamus Begley uh-huh. a couple of weeks ago. And I just got really, really self-conscious and really, um, because Seamus was such a good friend and it was so important to me to be able to say the right things. Mm-hmm. Bring um, the pressure of I, doing him justice. I, I just completely felt that I made an awful um, mess of Mm. the whole thing and I was really, really upset and going, um, I'm I'm just making an awful aims of this altogether and and I'm not doing them justice and I'm just, I can't, I'm not quick enough Mm. to put words into my thoughts. I I understand. Um, Can I... I Push something back on you, which yeah. was a video I saw of you and Seamus today. Um, I saw it today, but it happened uh, obviously well back. He's in his bed uh, in the hospital and he's yeah. singing a jig and then, uh, or a reel, I don't know. Yeah. And um, you're, you're, you could see there the sheer love between the two of you. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I think that's more important than a posthumous um, tribute to him because <laughs> you were there in the moment with him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that was great. Happy New Year to y'all. Don't give me that easy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
that the president looks <laughs> but but uh, the mega stardom getting back to that question yeah. um i i don't feel that i'd be of course I'd, i wouldn't say no to it but i wouldn't yeah. be any good at at uh, um any of the uh, you know you're supposed to be really professional to do doing TV interviews or I for most of my life I shied away from doing an interview on the telly or yeah. you know any of that like it's only in the last 5 or 6 or 7 years that I yeah. started doing them bit by bit but I st- it, they still terrify me so how many US yeah. presidents have you played for US presidents yes um I don't know Bill Clinton and um Barack Obama. Bush? That's it. Bush? Did we play for Bush? I don't think so. Okay. No. Only no. two so far. That's it, yeah. So you haven't shied away too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last category. Where is it? Where did I put it? Oh, here we go. <clears throat> um, it says 2023. Oh, 2023. Sharon, this is going to be a sad one, maybe. This is The Departed of 2023. The yeah. what? Departed. The departed. So uh, you mentioned Seamus Bagley. Yeah. Yeah. So we've kind of covered him. Do you want to talk about Sinead O'Connor? Uh, um, What's yeah. your fondest memory of her? I suppose the fondest memory that I can re- remember of, of spending time with her. Yes. Uh, would be, um, was... A couple of years ago, it might have been, it was June, it was, I think it might have been June, one of the breaks of lockdown or something. I can't remember exactly when it was, maybe 21 or something. Um, we did a gig. I can't remember what year it was. It might even have been before lockdown. We did a gig in, I think it was in Listowel, an open air festival. And, and Sinead came on as a guest with with my band mm-hmm. and um so we and we re- rehearsed with Sinead during the day and she was in fantastic form really 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 good form and really positive and she had her son Shane with her oh yeah and um i i they, i i liked i enjoyed uh watching the the two of them together as well they were real 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 really um um what's the word they seemed to be very comfortable mm. in one another's company, and mm. they'd say anything, to, anything to one another, like in sync with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, um, there were other people doing the show, doing the gig as well, including Finbar Fury. And our dressing room was up high, um, in the, the, the second floor of a building, and um, it was all glass, so we were able to look down. At, and watch Finbar's gig mm-hmm. and all the rest of the band were gone off um, for a drink mm-hmm. they all went to the pub so there was just me and Sinead and, and uh, Shane mm-hmm. uh, watching we, we just sat at the window watching Finbar's gig and um, you know had a few little we were chatting a little bit as well mm-hmm. and um, um, that was my last time ever really spending any time with her and it was my f- only time ever spending time with her just me and her mm-hmm. and her son mm-hmm. we've got any any time before that that I'd ever met her 
even though I toured with her and everything, there was always loads of other people around. Yeah. So we never really got to have a proper one and one one and one chat. It reminds me of the Beatles whenever they used to go to the bathroom and hide. And that was the only time the four of them were together. <laughs> <laughs> or you two and the lemon. And then, you remember they were doing this tour with the lemon, you two, and uh, they they realised that whenever they were in the lemon, that that was the only time they were together. In the lemon? Yeah. What's the lemon? They were, you know, they were touring with this lemon in the air and it, it was like a spinal tap. Whenever the lemon opened up, they came out or whatever. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> no? <laughs> oh. Sharon, that brings us to the end. And... Um, I'm so, as I say, grateful. I've, I've been thrilled with this uh, um, time together. We haven't discussed your box set once, <laughs> which is, you know, maybe what we should have done. So it is yeah. coming out at the end of this month. It's coming out on the 27th of October. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll get you back uh, in December uh, to discuss. I'd love to walk through those albums with you if you mm. fancied that with me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and um, just stroll down memory lane for, for yeah. that yeah, yeah. okay yeah. Mm-hmm. but hey thank you very much thank you yeah. thanks thanks very much I suppose you don't need these pieces of paper no anymore. you can you can frame them now <laughs> <laughs> thanks everyone for listening cheers hope then. you enjoyed it <laughs> okay okay bye goodbye Fender bye <laughs> slang of oil This has been a Solitaire Media original podcast and production.